It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. And with this episode, I am caught up. Everything is real-time going forward, and what a long, strange trip it has been. Let's work before we play. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Excellent. And being honest, the first time I did that, it probably took 12 tries. It gets easier every time. So what are we doing today? In the core concepts, we are going to talk about a consistent mistake I see people making when playing blackjack that increases the house's advantage. We are going to look at a Casino Wisdom number 63, which is a tactic for trip planning and making sure that even with a small loss, you win the month. In the rambling travel segment, I'm back to the two casino cluster and I get a chance to gamble in person with Gabriel and our different approaches stand in stark and informative contrast. And in the VIP lounge, I'm gonna teach you a very, very simple card counting strategy that I invented for gaining an advantage in a single deck blackjack game. Before I do any of that, I want to pull back the curtain just a little bit, as they say in radio. The idea of doing this podcast started back in early March with my state and the surrounding states in pretty much complete lockdown. I had zero knowledge of how to create a podcast and no idea if casinos would be reopening or usable to me if they did reopen. And I had no way of knowing if they would immediately close again, and obviously that still might happen. So as life happened, I made notes and wrote outlines and started learning how to create and distribute a podcast. And here we sit at episode 13. And the things I'm going to share are the things that happened just this week. I'm all caught up. And some people are listening. And social media follows and shares are happening. Casino Combat YouTube page is up and running. I'm going to make a decision in the not-too-distant future about sharing my second slot strategy with someone other than Mrs. TRG. I'm a little surprised to be all the way to episode 13. And I'm thrilled at how well actual, real-world experiences delivered the results I expect to get. I wish I could have had experiences in Atlantic City or Las Vegas to share with all of you, but that will happen in time. This is an important core concept segment, so let's get to that next. One of the casino combat core concepts is learning a casino game with a minimal house advantage. And we know that blackjack is the game with the smallest house advantage at less than 0.30% when played using correct basic strategy. And I've said many times that while the strategies, tactics, and techniques discussed on this podcast can be applied to roulette or baccarat, blackjack is my game of choice. The key to keeping the house advantage low when playing blackjack is the correct use of basic strategy. You may recall that before Mr. Thorpe did the computer research in the 1960s, the house advantage at blackjack was unknown and unknowable. What Mr. Thorpe did was use computers to simulate the play of millions and millions of combinations of every possible hand 
to determine the player choice that would create the most possible wins when playing such combinations of cards. Let's look at a specific example to understand how this works in practice. In this example, the player has received a 10 value card, a 10, a jack, a queen or a king, and a 6 for a total of 16. And the dealer's card that they've revealed is a 10. The player has two choices here. They can hit, which is to say gesture for an additional card, or stay, which is to say gesture for no additional cards. Mr. Thorpe and his computers simulated this hand millions of times and determined that the player would win more hands than they would lose if they decided to hit, which is to say take an additional card. Now that does not mean, look, that on this particular specific hand, you're going to win just by taking a card. Not true, not possible. You can lose in a variety of ways. The one card could be a nine and you would lose immediately. Or it could be a two for a total of 18 and the dealer's card that they get is a nine for 19 and you lose again. Mr. Thorpe's basic strategy isn't telling you play this way and you win every time. It's telling you play this way and you will win this specific card combination more than not playing this way. In my lifetime, I've probably played a 16 against a dealer's 10 100,000 times. <laughs> Maybe more, but let's use 100,000 in this example. And because I always used basic strategy, Mr. Thorpe's statistics say I won more than I lost. Maybe just winning 51,000 times and losing 49,000 times. But think about it. That means I won thousands of dollars over my lifetime that I wouldn't have won and I won it because I played the hand correctly. And that is the common mistake I want to talk to you about today. And it's not a mistake in the sense of an unknowing fault or an unknowing error or an unfor it's an unforced error if we're talking about baseball. It's something you don't have to do. It's a choice that people make. And I see it all the time. I run into people who say, I don't hit my 16s, but I'm consistent. And in their minds, that consistency is a virtue. They are bragging about consistently and knowingly playing incorrectly to their own detriment. And most of them don't even realize it. I've got an illustration, an expert opinion on this to share. But first, I want to say that I'm not judging. I really want to say that. I want to say I'm not judging. But actually, that's not true. I am judging and laughing at the foolishness, but on the inside, <laughs> okay? Um, what I could say accurately is this. I really don't care. It's none of my business how other people decide to play. I mean, I might leave a table if somebody's just playing completely ridiculously and making things difficult for everyone, but that's my choice, and there are usually plenty of tables for everybody, so to each their own. But yeah, in a moment of complete honesty there, I'm actually judging anybody that comes up to me and says this, and I think they're an idiot. So years ago, I watched a documentary made by the MIT professor that was the basis for Kevin Spacey's character in the movie 21. And he was discussing a whole bunch of different casino topics, not just blackjack. He was talking about what casino placement, or what, what the slot machine placement on a casino floor means, or aspects of horse racing. But when discussing this exact blackjack hand, he said, Consistently playing the hand wrong is deciding to repeatedly lose money you don't need to and shouldn't lose. Now obviously, or I hope it's obvious, if you only play blackjacks once every few years for a short period of time, 
How you play any specific hand doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But if you are playing regularly, even every couple of weeks, consistently playing a hand wrong on purpose is deciding to consistently lose money. You should be winning. And a lot of people don't have just one of these things that they intentionally consistently do wrong. They have two or three or more of those things that they have decided basically screw the math. I don't care. I'm going to do it wrong because I think I should, which is just totally nuts. The popular ones that people do this with are a 12 against a dealer's two or three or an 11 against a dealer's 10, but there are several others. How many, for whom, none of that matters. But incorporating several of these intentionally into your game can increase the house advantage in a meaningful way and increased money lost in a meaningful way as well. Blackjack can be an intimidating game, but in reality, it is very, very simple. Play the cards in front of you according to the chart that tells you how to win the most of those hands over time, and then reduce the game to what is essentially a coin toss, and then manage your money and emotions to leave the casino a winner as often as possible. That's it. Always hit your 16 against a dealer 10, everyone. Check your basic strategy chart and make those plays. Don't make it more difficult than it has to be. Let's do today's Casino Wisdom. Casino Wisdom number 63 is on our agenda for today. Plan around your promotions. As always, folks, a Casino Wisdom is knowledge plus experience put into a specific small action. As much as I think this wisdom is important, it's probably also fairly obvious with just a little knowledge and experience. But not all wisdoms are revelations from the heavens. Sometimes they are just a reminder of common sense. Now just to be clear on what I consider obvious in this, there are all kinds of things that I prioritize ahead of casino gambling, even with doing this podcast. Real work, family, non-casino friends, all the other parts of real life, and obviously you should prioritize those that way too. It's a bit off topic, but that's kind of my brand and it's my microphone, so I'll share. One of the things that always troubles me is the signs in various casinos telling guests that leaving a child alone in the car while you are in a casino is a crime in that particular state. It is terrible and tragic that any state needs to write that law. Every episode, I tell you not to gamble with money you cannot afford to lose and to contact your problem gambling hotline if you need help. If you even consider leaving a child alone in a car while you gamble, you have a problem. And if you don't know where to go for help, email me via help at casinocombat.com, put the K in there, and we will make sure connecting you with someone who can help is a priority. Anyway, okay, back on topic. What I'm saying in this casino wisdom is to plan a casino trip the same way you would plan a golf trip or a fishing trip or whatever other leisure activity you enjoy in your life or other people in your life enjoy. If you were planning to golf, for instance, either Thursday or Friday next week, and all other things being equal, on Thursday the golf course was giving away a free sleeve of balls with every round, and they were not doing that promotion on Friday, Thursday's the better day to play golf. Let's look at one other example and then we'll move on. Just a few weeks ago, I was getting ready to leave for Casino 2 where I had $85 in free slot play 
and a free bet. And I was just going to pop in, play those quickly, and then go on to Casino One to spend the night, because that's where I had the room comp. The mail came just as I was walking out the door, and the mail included a postcard from Casino Two saying that starting the following day, I had an additional $15 in free play. So I quickly revised my plan and went directly to Casino One to spend the night, and then in the morning went to Casino Two to use my now $100 in free play. That $100 was actually four different promotions. Each was available over a range of dates, but they were all valid on this one day together. And that's what I mean when I say using Casino Wisdom number 63, plan your trips around your promotions. Let's ramble and go over this week's trip. So this was maybe the first week since I started this podcast that everything from a casino point of view felt normal. I mean, yeah, masks and hand sanitizer and social distance and no live bands in the casino. Maybe, maybe not normal. Maybe what I'm trying to really say is that my new casino life seemed pretty close to my old casino life. On Wednesday, I finished a bit early at a client and I was just a few exits on the highway from my local casino. So I went down, picked up a free state lottery scratch off ticket and a $10 free bet. I haven't been gambling at this property nearly as much as I used to, so the size of my free bet is going down each month. But that, that, that's, we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> uh, I played several shoes of blackjack and won a little more than half a day's pay. On Thursday, I scheduled a customer visit roughly halfway to Casino 2, where I had a room comp available, as well as some table play and some slot play. So mid-afternoon, as I'm finishing up with the client, I head toward Casino 2, with a quick stop along the way at a little slot parlor where I had $20 in free play as a result of that slot strategy I've tested. I'm off the highway and in and out of the building and back on the highway in less than 20 minutes. Sadly, I only pocketed about $7 in the process. But you never know what TRG slot strategy 1 is going to produce, just that it will probably produce some type of profit. I went on to Casino 2, and I've described this casino in past episodes, and, and nothing has really changed in any meaningful way. I had a solid win before dinner, and another easier, bigger win after dinner. And now I started to think about protecting those wins. I mean, the one all the way back to my local casino. It's, it's turned into a pretty decent week. It's kind of too early to really wrap things up. I mean, it wasn't even like 9 o'clock yet. I'm not that old. <laughs> so I did a little testing on my slot strategy, and I was walking past a $15 table which in the current environment is kind of a lower limit that you don't see all the time. I mean, you used to see it all the time seven months ago, and now it doesn't happen very often because they have less tables and seats, so the limits have to go up. Anyway, irregardless, I decided risk $150 of what I've already won and see if I can just double it and then call it a night. I was not going to do any rebuying in any way, and I wasn't going to try to stretch the win using those techniques that I've talked about but I wasn't going to try to stretch the win if I just managed to win another $150 and double my money. And either way, I was going to finish the week with a profit, not a loss. Things were going okay. The other guy at the table was great, and I was winning a little bit. Suddenly, boom, I get a blackjack. So I put a little more money on my next bet, and I get a hand that I split three times and double once, and I win all but one of the undoubled hands. So, boom. I'm just a little more than double what I started with. 
I tipped the dealer, wished the other player good luck, and headed to my room much earlier than normal. At this point, I was up more than three days pay for the week. The next morning, I stopped at casino number one and met Gabriel for some morning blackjack and used a match play bet that was available at that casino. And I really struggled to stay in the game and eventually left after about an hour with a small loss, about a half day's pay. I'm gonna share Gabriel's results in a minute with his permission, but to quickly finish up my results, I had another $10 in free play at that little slot place again that day. So I played that and picked up another $5. And just as a quick aside, I would never bother with those small amounts unless I was already in the building for some reason or literally driving right past the property. It just made sense. Well, at least it made sense in my mind. <laughs> anyway, my final stop was my local casino. I picked up a watch, which my middle son immediately claimed later in the day. They awarded me a very generous $3 in slot play. I mean, seriously, why Why do they even bother? I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand how anybody in charge of doing casino promotions sits at a desk somewhere, looks at a spreadsheet and says, and the ranges of things we're going to give away start at $3 of slot play. Who, who, who sits there somewhere and says, I better go to the casino today because they might give me $3. But nonetheless, I found a 50 cent slot machine. I spun it all through. I won $2.50. And as I was standing up, a cocktail waitress walked by and asked me if I needed a water or anything. And I didn't, but I tipped her anyway because I'm sure she's struggling. She can't be making the kind of money she used to make. The crowds just aren't there. And the crowds that are there are not buying drinks the way they used to because of the whole mask thing. I looked for a place to play some blackjack and use my $10 free bet. All the blackjack seats were full or they were a six to five table, which you know I'm not gonna play. So I put the free bet on black on a roulette table and lost and left. It takes discipline to do that. Or I should not be presumptive, I should say, it takes discipline for me to do that. Maybe not for you, but it was the right thing to do. I can play any time, I just couldn't play this specific time in this casino. I finished the week having made six casino visits, with five of those occurring in one 24-hour period. Casino life is approaching normal. But back to Gabriel. He shared this with me, and he said he thought it might be useful content. It is, perhaps more as a cautionary tale, but even after I phrased things that way, he said, sure, go ahead and use it if it makes sense. So, with his permission, Shortly after I left our game, Gabriel was up about two days' pay. Shortly after I left, that win had been reduced to less than a day's pay in size, and eventually became a potential loss of nearly three days' pay. So, he had a swing equal to a week's pay, from the top to the bottom. Now, gradually, over a few hours, Gabriel righted the ship and managed to get to a profit of $25. He tipped the dealer 25 bucks because that's the kind of good guy he is. And he left the building even, and wishing that he had left when he had a decent win, but recognizing that he had actually won, then lost, then won, a large sum of money for the session. And he decided that he would rather leave even instead of tempting fate and leaving down. And that's smart, but it's also frustrating. He won a lot of money over the course of the day, but none of it managed to leave the building with him. When we walked through this, he said something like, I have to manage to leave with some of that when I win. And I jokingly said, I cover that in episode three. You know, it doesn't always go my way. But on this trip, 
I use the same techniques I teach in this podcast to accumulate wins and keep my losses small. And Gabriel was kind enough to allow his story to be added for emphasis on why these techniques are important. I've got a good one for you in the VIP lounge today. Let's go. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. I'm excited about this one, everyone. Come on in. Lounge is open. I think this deserves an adult beverage of some type, but suit yourself. In addition to the locally handcrafted sodas and artisanal pop, I also have some cider available since fall is in the air. Many years ago, I was in a small casino that only had a few single-deck blackjack games available. I hadn't done any card counting in several years and really needed a refresher to do it correctly, but I couldn't resist the opportunity, and I created a very simple and very usable card counting strategy on the spot and went to work. I wasn't there very long, but my results were solid. My method is clearly unproven and untested, but I won. I'm sharing this for illustration purposes and to show you in a very simple way how card counting works. If you have a single deck game available to you, apply this at your own risk. Most card counting systems, and there are many of them, work on the principle of keeping track of the ratio between the high cards and the low cards that have already been revealed during the course of play and increasing your bet dramatically when most of the cards remaining to be played are 10 value cards or aces is the way you win if you're counting cards. So in my very quickly created and easy system, I only did part of that. But I knew there were only 16 10 value cards and four aces in a single deck of cards. So after the cards were shuffled, anytime I saw a 10 value card, I would add 10 to a running count in my head. And every time I saw an ace, I would add a 1 to that total. So in my head it's going something like this. 10, 20, 30, 31, 41, 51, 52. Now that number is always going to be between 0 and 164. And the closer to 0 it is, the more 10s and aces still remain. When the dealer is going to shuffle, we're going to start that count over and we're going to keep track of it. And as each deck continues to be played, the lower that number stays, the closer that number stayed to zero, the larger my bet got until we shuffled and started everything again. And if the numbers got really large really quickly, I'd keep my bet at the table minimum or even in some cases withdraw from the game until the cards were shuffled again. It's not nearly as precise as any of the more advanced systems that are out there. But I like the fact that I could look at the cards in the dealer's hand before they passed out the next set of cards and see that there were only a few hands remaining. And if my count was still small, you know, I'd know, for instance, wow, 11 out of 16 10 value cards are still in the deck and there are three aces remaining. And up my bet would go. This system of card counting does this all very easily and without a great deal of mental math. So at least as an illustration, that is how card counting works. If you have a single deck game available, you are welcome to give it a try while being aware of the risk of trying something I made up spur of the moment that worked for me once. And if you do try it, let me know the results. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand, I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.